Hello and welcome to a series of horrors. I'm Jackie from Canada. Hi, and I am Jeff from America. USA. USA. <laughs> um, I was thinking that like, because I've met, I will mention Canada in this podcast and probably a whole bunch of other ones. We should just have like a little national theme that plays each time I mention Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like, great. Something the rest. I don't know. That's the way it starts. But yeah, welcome to the podcast. Today we will be discussing... Saw number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, season one, episode two. You know, the second movie in the eight episode arc, I guess, we have now of the Saw movies. Mm-hmm. And this one is directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, I want to say. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Uh, and it was written by Darren as well as our friend Louis Winnell. Yes, I think Lee Winnell comes back just for one more and he exits after the next one, I believe. Somebody else takes over writing, writes the rest of them, except I'm not sure about Jigsaw. Jigsaw, We'll figure that out along the way, I guess. But I did figure out with my research today that uh, this screenplay originally was written by Bousman and it was a completely different script. It was a completely different movie that was called The Desperate. And uh, he was just being told that it was very (laughs) Saw-like. And then he finally got producers on the line and they saw the success of Saw and they said, can you just rework this into Saw 2? And they brought on Winnell and uh, that's that. That's how we got Saw 2. Well, they brought the right guy in for that. Uh, Yeah, to make it all connect for sure. But uh, how many times have you seen this one, Jeff? So the first one I've seen, maybe 10. This one I've seen maybe about five or six. Not that many, but today maybe seven. Wow. So this one I'm not as well-versed as the original Saw movie. Okay. I love how like seven times it's not (laughs) well-versed. I felt like I was an expert on Saw 1 based on my seven watches. I I was like, no, 10, easy, come on. (laughs) Like if I'm not quoting, you know, 15 Hooker Gangbang, I haven't seen it enough. It's just not... Oh, man. Uh, this was my second watch of Saw 2. I saw it in theaters with my friends when I was in the ninth grade. And I remember I the first half of the movie, I remember hating it and then appreciating the twist at the end and going, okay, it was okay. <laughs> I'm in the movie theater, me guessing the twist, maybe five minutes before they explicitly show it. I remember you say, wait, I think it's this in my brain because I'm in the movie theater. <laughs> and then it happened. And I was like, oh, I was right. And But because they do, just like in Saw, in the original Saw movie, in the first one, they do give you hints if you happen to notice them. They're like small, small little subtle ones. Yeah. I think I noticed one throughout, but we'll, we'll get to that. I noticed one later on. And it's like, oh, Hmm, that's weird. It's all I thought. That's strange. In this one, they get a little bit more of the Saw formula that you come to see later on. This is when they start going down that road. Because the first Saw movie is not really indicative of the formula they use in the rest of them, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like the traps. Like well, this one even has the least amount of traps because it's basically people stuck in a house that need to escape. Yeah. I was surprised by how little traps there actually were in this movie i was expecting a lot more because it's really just about one guy going after one person and that's it like everybody's like basically collateral damage in this pretty much all right should we just get into it let's go all right first off first thing i noticed 
better thought. <laughs> it's funny because when I watched it today, the first thing I want to look, I was like, let me see this font. You notice right away that they had a lot more money than the first time. Yes, definitely. But uh, the font still wasn't great. But uh, as I said, the first movie, their font was reminiscent of uh, Word Art on Microsoft Word. And uh, this time it looked like they had like a very early version of Photoshop and they had added some like bevels and shadows to their uh, font. So I was slightly more impressed. Good job on the font. And maybe they got like somebody that knew how to use the program to actually razzle dazzle it a little bit. Yeah, like a first year intern, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not somebody with a lot of experience, but somebody, hey, you, you, you've seen it before, right? Good. All right, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But we open on a man. Uh, he's in a dilapidated room, uh, semi-naked as per usual. Um, he's. Uh, we see that he has a mirror in front of him. He turns the mirror to himself. And at this point, we see that his eye is injured. And he's wearing what I called an Iron Maiden for your face. <laughs> That's basically correct. Yeah. Um, and then... There is a TV in the room, as always, and uh, it turns on, and that's when we get to see our friend, Billy the Puppet. Basically saying, hey, you're here because you rat people out, and you're a rat, and you use your eyes to get people in trouble and in jail. What you're going to need to do is get out of this Iron Maiden for your head. This one, he doesn't get a picture of what it's going to do to his head, but you can kind of imagine it's just nails. Since you're a little bit disadvantaged, I'm going to give you a little hint where the key is that I've hidden inside of you. Then it flashes to an Mm x-ray of his head with the key behind his eye. Uh, And I did notice right when the TV turned on that the x-rays were actually just sitting on top of the TV too, as if he needed further proof. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. The thing I did find funny was, um, you know, in his little spiel when he's going to tell him, all right, would you want to give up your eye in order to save your face or something, whatever the rest of the quote is. And I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, um, to put the key there, wouldn't you already had? Did he already kind of lose his eye? Yeah, I would assume that his eye's already gone. We never, do we see his eye? I don't know. No, because it's a bloody mess. Yeah. And, uh, well, he chickens out. He, he can't cut into his eye. He struggles way too hard and just cries a whole bunch after setting off that timer and, as we know, Jigsaw doesn't give you a lot of time. No, about a minute. But that's what I really liked about it, because not everybody is going to be able to do the ridiculous task that's asked of them. He tries. He wants to. You can see he wants to do it, and he's trying to do it, but he can't. A hundred percent, this would be me in, in the saw trap. I would be chickening right out and being, no, 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 no. I can't do this. What, what do you mean I have to do this? <laughs> you see him, like, he gets it real close to his eye, but then just trying to put something in your eye instinct like pulls it away so it's couldn't do it basically cries yells and gives up and then trap closes he is dead i think that that was the best death in the movie i'm partial towards one later but yes this is a good one okay i'll hear you out on that later um we then cut to new kid on the block detective donnie um Good old Donnie Wahlberg is in this movie. Last time we had Detective Danny. Now we have Detective Donnie. Uh, We quickly find out that he has a son, Daniel, who I'm pretty sure that's the actor that was in uh, Scream 4, right? He was like the nerdy kid with the camera. You know what? I saw Scream 4 in the movie theater when it came out and never saw it again. I saw the girl from Heroes is in it. I was trying to place this kid the whole time, and I, I think that's where he's from, but... 
we find out that he's a little criminal, stolen something and been caught, and his dad's come to bail him out. We also quickly learn that his parents are divorced. Their relationship between father and son is quite strained as Johnny yells at him to go ahead and stay with his mom and not come back. Actually, the kid wants to go back to his mom early. Mm-hmm. Donnie Wahlberg's like, what do you say to me? He goes, you heard me. Say it again. You know, it's very... Dr. Gordon-esque in this... Hair-trigger temper on that guy. Interesting fact already. Way, uh, oh, up, he is a guy from Ah, we've looked it up and we know that. Excellent. Uh, interesting fact off the top that I didn't mention, because I did mention I'll be mentioning Canada. This is the first of the Saw films to be filmed in my hometown of Toronto. And all films will be filmed there from now on. I didn't know that. All right. That's... Yeah. <laughs> did, did you see any anything you recognize? Uh... No. The waterfront, like, but, like, at the same time, it looked like a generic waterfront that I could have been like, this This could be any city. Right. Speaking of which, if you want to know, want to know about uh, Eric Knudsen, which is the the, the, chi- the kid in the movie, or um, Detective Son, he was in Degrassi. He's from Toronto. He's a hometown kid. Oh, all right. No, he's been in a bunch of stuff in Canada. He's in Scott Pilgrim, which I know filmed in Canada. My, uh friend from high school was uh, doing stunts on uh, Scott Pilgrim back in the day. It's a great movie. All right. We're flashing forward. Detective Donnie's trying to call his son. Uh, He's worried he hasn't heard from him. And then he gets called into work instead. And we see the female detective from Saw 1. Did we ever get her name? No, but I always call her Detective Dizzy. Detective. I call him Detective Dizzy because she was Dizzy Flores in Starship Troopers. So that's what I owe. I just call it Dizzy no matter what movie she's in. I love it. Okay, Detective Disney. We're going to call her that. Uh, I think at one point we find out her first name is Carrie. I think so, yeah. So now uh, he's on scene uh, with uh, Michael's murder. He's at the location uh, and asked to ID the body as Michael wasn't an informant for him. He is able to ID him based on an ankle tattoo. And they also notice that there is a jigsaw piece missing from his back. And this is the movie that he says why he takes the piece out of their body. I did write that down (laughs) when it happens. But my question in the scene is, as Donnie's crouched down and looking at this corpse, why is uh, Detective Dizzy all smirks in the background? Like, she's just ecstatic to be here and, like, so happy that Donnie's there. (laughs) Like My my reason for this is somebody that always likes to give a good joke. And she has one ready that she's going to do later because she knows he's pissed and doesn't want to be there. Mm. And she knows him. And they had an affair, apparently, because she alludes to that later. Yeah. So she knows him pretty well. And then when he tries to leave, she was, I think, waiting the whole time to tell her, hey, look closer, Detective Matthews, because it's written on the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's just sitting there smirking and just waiting for him to just be fed up and leave so that she could just hit him with that. Is my, my head cannon to it. That's a fair point. When she says it, you see the look on her face when she says it. He's like, what you say to me? Why are you telling me to look closer? I'm not. It's him. Dun, dun, dun. And it's written on the ceiling. You have a very fair point there. I think that's probably what was happening. But at the time I was writing this note, I was just, why? Why are you smirking? There's a dead body there that's been tortured. This is not the time. But as you said, the ceiling says, look closer at Detective Matthews. Then we flash back to, well, not flashback, sorry, forward to the uh, police station. Detective Dizzy is watching the Billy the Puppet video that was left for Michael. And uh, Detective Donnie's a little bit pissy. Well, this is basically his note. This is him the entire movie. He goes from a little bit pissy to very pissy to angry. That's basically all he is. He is like an 80s captain in the police station. All he do is yell and scream. And that's basically his whole thing. The entire movie. Donnie Wahlberg's thing in everything, though. 
he was the bad boy of the new kids, so maybe. With his rat tail. Mm. Back, hey, it was 88, 89, everybody had rat tails. <laughs> so was- I'm glad I missed those years. Um, anyway, uh, so he's pissed at her for what she pulled at the scene. She says that uh, she plays games just like this killer. And then, this is before they admitted to the affair. I'm like, what's with all this sexual tension? I could cut it with a knife. What is happening here? She's like, you already lost your wife because because we started messing around. Don't lose your son over something. Yeah, I wrote that on that line later. That's uh, once they're at Jigsaws. But like here, it's just like they're getting real close to each other. I forget what they were saying, but all of it was just very sexual. <laughs> She's getting close to him, but he's like not having it. He's like, listen, get away. Just no, stop. He doesn't know how to be nice to people. Exactly. I don't know how they started getting along or got together or had the affair because he doesn't seem like he's a nice guy ever. Like, no. Maybe she likes that. Maybe that's just what she's into. Maybe. Could be her kink. See, we're, we're getting we get into people's kinks. Last time it was Zep or something. Now it's they take dizzy. Everybody has their kink. Uh, she exactly. says uh, that he should work the case with her. He wrote your name on the wall. He asked for you. And my question there is, wouldn't that make this a conflict of interest for him? It definitely would. But I think and for her point of view at this moment in time is, all right, he's asking for him. So maybe if he's at least on the case, we can find him. Now, later on, it makes no sense to keep him around. But mm. right now, I kind of get all right, it's a conflict of interest, but at least you must know something that he's asking for you and telling you to look close. So maybe I'll be able to catch him. Because I've been trying to catch him since the first movie. Yeah. After Danny Glover was disgraced and became a lunatic. Came a lunatic. Was just talking to pictures of Singh. We're going to get him. We're going to get him, Singh. <laughs> We're going to go. Oh, yes. I, I know you're going to come with me. Oh, oh, uh, well, Donnie at first says that, you know, he has too much on his plate. We find out that he's been desked, anyways. He is on desk duty now, but we don't know why. Um, oh, I can gather it's probably from beating up suspects. Well, I know. We, we do find out later, but at this point, we don't know why. Exactly. And then Donnie's trying to sleep later, and he recalls the death mask and that it was branded with Wilson Steel, which is a factory that he's aware of. So unlike uh, Detective Danny, Detective mm-hmm. Donnie calls in a tactical team and gets backup yeah. for this and try to chase the serial killer on his own. And also, at least, you know, the Detective Danny Glover in his obscure little gang reference thing for the gang that apparently only him and Detective Singh knew about that controlled the four block radius of, of empty warehouses. This is like a company. Like, wouldn't any other cop that was there taking pictures, CSI guy, Detective Dizzy, somebody just noticed, hey. It's this brand? Yeah, it's branded somehow. Maybe we should look into that. Maybe. Just saying. Yeah. Somebody. Take a pull, you know, the Gordon's um, fingerprints off of this off of this pen light. You could probably open up the yellow pages because it was it was a long time ago. It was the internet then, I guess, um, and see what's going on. I have a whole lot of questions about this police department and who they hire, what the qualifications are, because. Have we met a good cop yet? I'm not sure. Especially not the next guy that I see, as he uses a battering ram to open an open door. <laughs> like, it is not a locked door. It just, like, it just caves straight in. Like, it was not locked at all. It just, it, you just need to tap it and it would have moved. <laughs> would have looked at it bad. It just would have fallen over off the hinges. You know, yeah. hey, I just want to make sure. Like, we get in. Oh, man. Hey, you're talking about the head, the head of the um, the head of the SWAT team? Okay, yeah. That guy? He gets his own movie eventually. No, I don't think it's him. I think it's one of, like, the bit characters. I think he's the one that gets his legs broken. 
Oh, okay. No, you're not. All yeah. Right. I'm not sure if it's him. I just saw him from the back. <laughs> but, uh, if it's the guy that gets like, broken, um, then, yeah, no. Then not him. I know the, the black guy in this one, he gets his own movie. I think two movies or three movies from that. Uh, but I mean, anyways, you know, I've already mentioned the guy gets his legs broken. It's because uh, the stairs are booby-trapped. First, they trip some sort of wire, and Billy the puppet appears at the top of the stairs with his tricycle. Uh, and then I don't really get, like, it's slowed down and everything, but I rewinded it, and I still don't quite get what comes out of the stairs to break his legs. You beat me to it because I've seen this movie six, seven times and I have never understood this trap. It seems the best I can gather. It seems to be pressure sensitive. So when you put a certain amount of weight on one of these steps, a, a two by four or like a panel comes and like hits your shin and breaks it. Like yeah. off, It's like a spring roll thing is all I can figure. I've watched this movie a bunch of times. I'm like, I don't understand this trap. I've never have. So I've given up on trying. I'm like, you know what? It's just. Yeah. Just don't get it. Uh, but while his legs are being broken, also the door behind them in this weird cage situation they're in closes and then a bunch of sparks fall on them but like it doesn't seem to be hurting them it's just sparks <laughs> if you notice when it's over only the one that broke his legs he's moving nobody else is so i'm guessing it kills the rest of them okay i didn't i didn't know this that i thought the guy that's going to be in the next movie i thought he was already with them but clearly i wasn't playing paying close attention to the scene because i was so distracted by uh, how the heck did his legs get broken seen a bunch of times no idea every time because and they allude to it they, they focus in on it you see springs moving and strings moving on pins i'm like all right i know it's pressure sensitive whatever it is slow it right down when the thing comes out too like the it slows down as if you could see it better but you can't <laughs> like you still are like what is happening so uh the rest of the team comes running in and now they're able to go up the stairs they are safe and they have entered jigsaw's little shop of horrors uh jigsaw is there the team tells him to get down on his knees um he can't because he's he's very very sick at this point yeah he's real sick uh and he's hooked up to all these ivs and monitors and oxygen and i mean this might be a dumb question because this man seems to source a whole lot of stuff but um did the hospital just let him walk out with this stuff they tend to not let you do that but i could just he is independently wealthy he just has like a nice nurse that comes and takes care of him while he builds death traps i can't wait for you for us to look at part three and the little hospital he builds for himself oh my so god don't worry <laughs> don't worry like the next one if you think this is bad wait till part three. Oh no okay i love whenever i try to like pick a plot hole you're like no no not a plot hole <laughs> it gets covered it's still ridiculous but it gets covered i love watching this because now i love this because when you're like there's a plot hole but actually somebody was paying attention no they got their own jackie from canada <laughs> to just sit there with her notebook write down all these things and be like huh this was kind of ridiculous and they're like okay in three movies we're gonna address why that happened <laughs> Yes, we're going to address this. We're going to take care of this. All right, we'll do a line. We'll show a scene. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of this. So they quickly restrain Jigsaw and they search him. Uh, They say he's clear. And new kid Donnie gets all cocky looking at him and gets in Jigsaw's face. And uh, while he's open mouth chewing some gum, by the way, which is the most disgusting thing. It reminded me of CinemaSins. I don't know if you watch CinemaSins at all. I I have seen some, but I, I don't think I saw it for this one. Oh, no, they didn't do it for this one, but whenever anybody's eating an apple, they're like, yeah, eat an apple and it's going to make you look more like an asshole. It's like, it's like the same thing here. They like, chew gum with your mouth open. It'll make you look like an asshole. Yeah. I was not needed. And he also uh, asked Jigsaw at this point while he's chewing in his face, is this close enough? I just thought of some today watching this movie. This has got to be one of the only, not only, but this is one of the weird franchises where 
you actively it's like guides you to not like the protagonist yeah it definitely does that except that i loved adam because <laughs> if technically the protagonist of the first one i think was dr dr carryaways dr wesley i think it was him really adam was just like stuck in dr wesley game this one this is like detective matthew detective, detective hart detective hang tough oh new kids my my sister Nikki, if you're listening to this, she loved New Kids on the Block. We had the Donnie Wahlberg Barbie doll. She had a blanket that we still have to this day. That's all the New Kids faces. Yeah, I was well-versed in New Kids as a child. One of my uncles one time gave me a videotape of a concert, of a New Kids concert, because he worked like for CBS uh, as a janitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like when they would toss this stuff, he was just like, hey, this is this, like, so he would always have these these demo tapes and CDs eventually and all this stuff. So he just gave me, hey, look, kids like this. <laughs> They're popular now. You're a kid here. All right. Jigsaw says that uh, Donnie has to stay here a while because he has to deal with the problem in that room. Donnie then proceeds with the rest of uh, his team to head straight into the room that the madman mass killer has told him to go into. (laughs) Lucky for them, it's not booby trap, but uh, they do unveil some monitors that are showing some people that are trapped somewhere, including Daniel, Donnie's son. What's he doing on those monitors is what he asks, and Jigsaw decides to take over Adam's role as Mr. Sassy Pants and says, I haven't looked at the monitors in a little while, so I would it would be hard for me to say, but I would imagine uh, that he's cowering in a corner. Which is epic because once they reveal what they reveal, it's hilarious why he would say this now because that's about where what he would be doing at this moment. Exactly. <laughs> And then, so at this point, Donnie loses his shit at Jigsaw. He's about to, like, jump him. And then this is when I realized Detective Donnie's name in this movie. His name is Eric Matthews, as in the older brother from Boy Meets World, as in plays with squirrels. <laughs> I knew the last name. I didn't I didn't capture the first name. I had subtitles on to try to help me with my uh, writing all these uh dialogue bits yeah no uh so the cop restraining him tells uh, like he says eric it's not worth it or something like that and i was like i'm i'm sorry his name is eric matthews <laughs> what, what would you have thought if his son's name was Corey? yeah that would have been so good <laughs> or like sean <laughs> just like any other boy meets world character wait is it wait a second isn't the youngest son named daniel when they like have the son in like the last season i need to look this up there's a son in the last season? Amy has a son. Oh, no, it's Joshua. I'm wrong. Y'all about to say no. The, the, the show they had was they had a daughter in, in Girl Meets World or whatever they called it. But I love how Detective Matthews goes up immediately. The second he sees his son on TV, he's turned up to 11 for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's just that's it. I'm at 11, losing my mind from here on out there's no stopping me there's no even 10 to 9 no 11 to 12 there is a moment where he's just like slightly like sad and complacent but it's very short-lived jigsaw in his infinite wisdom listen hey i want to play a game with you wait can i just interrupt for a second here first detective donnie or sorry detective eric matthews um he calls his son's cell phone assuming that you know jigsaw would have left him with the cell phone but instead we hear that jigsaw has re-recorded his voicemail that is an epically wonderful troll move <laughs> so good oh. and if i ever meet tobin bill i want him to record my voicemail message just putting it out there tobin if you're listening please We're, is he on cameo for me hey. okay. we'll, we'll pay for him on cameo <laughs> oh my gosh got him to do the intro to our show <laughs> 
Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Okay. Um, so now we're cutting to the room that uh, is being displayed on the monitors. Uh, inside this room, there are five uh, males and two females. Uh, and somebody passed out along the floor who we can't really see at this moment. My beef with this. Nobody is introduced. We do not get names for these characters until points that don't make sense. And I went, because this bothered me so much, I thought, hmm, maybe I just missed the moment where they introduced this person because they started calling him by his name at the end of the movie. I looked up the script and I searched through it using the find function. No, no, he never introduced himself. And they don't know his name until he's dead. And they call him by name. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, so what I did when I was writing my notes initially, because I, I figured I would eventually get their names, um, I gave them nicknames to start with. So uh, uh, my first nickname involves uh, Brown Jacket, who we will find out his name is Jonas eventually. Uh, uh, so Showgirls, got it. Showgirls, that's where he's from. Okay, I like show, I like Showgirls better than Brown Jacket. Showgirls um, is trying to wake up passed out person on the floor uh and in the initial little bits of uh conversation that they're having he and pink shirt i call her <laughs> um that, that's the one i don't know because the other one's seventh heaven yeah yeah so pink shirt who i don't know her from anything uh no, no. they both kind of implicate themselves as criminals in a throwaway line um then the passed out person wakes up it's amanda from saw one and she's the only person that introduces herself by name <laughs> The one that didn't have to, because if you saw someone, you already know her name. Exactly. But only person, like, even Daniel doesn't say his name, but we just know his name is Daniel because we were introduced to him earlier. But he doesn't say his name in this situation, and they call him by his name as well. All of this is very confusing to me. As you can tell, Newell can write this all the way, you know, he probably just helped. He just came in for a day to be like, okay, I'm going to add this last scene where you see my corpse. <laughs> And I'm going to add all the sassy pants lines. Let's yeah. go, sassy pants. Jigsaw needs to have my sassy lines now. Uh, someone needs to have my quips. Quip, quip, quip. All right, we got that. Uh, I have noted that Amanda has a new emo kid haircut. Good for her. I like it. I like it. Uh, she is freaking right out, and she starts searching the entire room because she, she knows this deal. Uh, and she finds the recorder behind some loose bricks in the fireplace. And they get a pretty general recording, if I remember right, on this one. It's just like, hey, welcome, everybody. You're all trapped in this house with a nerve toxin going through your body that's going to kill you. If you heard about this gas leak and, like, some terrorist Tokyo. action, you know what it'll do. Yeah. I don't know what it'll do because I don't know what they're talking about, but fine. Exactly. They do. Like, that went over my head. Um, he says that they'll be dead in two hours uh, and the door will open in three. They need to find the antidote and it's hidden around the house. Uh, one is hidden in the safe in front of them. And then he says, you all possess the combination to the safe. Think hard. The numbers are in the back of your mind. The clue to their order can be found over the rainbow. Once you realize what you all have in common, you will gain a better understanding of why you are here. X marks the spot for the clue. So look carefully. That is a very un-jigsaw kind of clue. The over the rainbow thing is a little bit poetic for him usually, but okay. I I figured it out. It, like, I know, I guess I saw this movie before in theaters, but honestly, I didn't remember anything except for the 
final twist of the bathroom yeah. scene. Um, and the needle pit. I remember the needle pit. But, uh, I remember the needle pit. That's Yeah, because I, I have a phobia of needles, so that one was rough for me. But um, yeah. You'll have one now. For me, as soon as he said, the numbers are at the back of your mind, I was like, okay, they're on the back of your necks. Why aren't you all looking at the back of your necks? Also, why did none of them ask uh, who I call beefcakes and you call Frankie G? Um, why did no one ask beefcake why he had a number on the back of his neck because his would have been clearly apparent based on what he's wearing and his short hair true like somebody would have noticed it but then again he had tattoos so i could imagine somebody just thinking hey maybe he has a seven on the back of his head for whatever reason i don't know if his number is actually seven and i don't think they actually ever show it but well now nah, the ob guy he had um like a jacket with a high collar so i wouldn't have seen it on him mm-hmm. and he was wearing a hood at the beginning and all the girls had the, the hair so that they're, they're out um mm-hmm. daniel not sure yeah i think he just had a t-shirt he on. just had a t-shirt on but we never see the number on his neck period so i don't know where it was placed so anyways um they all start questioning amanda and my friend beefcakes frankie g finds a key and note that says not to use it on the door but he tries it anyways just for funsies and this is what this is the funniest part to me is not that he tries it because of course you're gonna try it so i can't even fault him for trying it because he doesn't know the whole jigsaw deal but the other guy what were you looking at it wasn't all right he was looking straight into a gun is what he was looking at jeff in context you know there's a key and there's a peephole and there's another frankie g puts the key in the lock starts to turn it some rando that's in there decides to look through the people at nothing because if there's a gun barrel on the other side you can't see anything and keep his eye there the whole time when the key finishes turning there's a weird mechanism that causes the gun to shoot into the door bang dead shot no. what do you think this actor's process was like getting super excited i got cast for saw too all right all right gets his script sees that he has two lines and that he dies in the dumbest way <laughs> so i do what now you go up to this door and you look through that peephole. What do I see? There's nothing there but a gun bar is going to shoot you in the head. So Why? Then I'm out. That's it. That That's all I have to do. Yep. Yep. We need you for a half hour. That's it. <laughs> well, maybe he was there longer. Because if you think about it, if Tobin Bell had to lay on the ground during the whole of Saw 1, oh. maybe this guy was just laying. Maybe his job was he was there three weeks. You know, one day of shooting and two weeks of laying on the ground laying in the ground maybe maybe or maybe they could afford dummies at this point <laughs> yeah i think yeah, they, they had a little bit more money now you could tell they, they have more locations well not many more locations but still although once again it was all filmed in one building and the and the car chase was just as epic as the first time yeah also, i did but... note that as well i'm like they did an homage it's not exactly the same but it was very similar <laughs> Close enough. It's them trying to do the same thing with with actual money this time. The first time was because they had no other choice. This time it's because it's make it look the same. Yeah, it's a stylistic choice. This is how it works in the movies. This is how people drive cars. <laughs> this is just the way it is. I love whenever they pull up to places like they're pulling rubber vests and like they're really slow when they get there. It's just like yeah. Oh man. Okay, so Amanda reveals that uh, the person on the tape was Jigsaw. Uh, she says this by name and uh, Pink Shirt says that she also knows who he is based on the news uh, and Amanda says that uh, she's played before they need to follow the rules and no one listens by the way pretty much Frankie G his job is to be the antagonist 
of the antagonist, I guess, and just be difficult and hard-headed the entire movie. Yeah, him and Donnie are, like, they would have been best friends in another life, I feel like, because <laughs> they are the same person. They are just at 100, 100% of the time. <laughs> yes. Even though Frankie G had one good point, and he's about to have his only good point of the movie in a little while. <laughs> when they get out the room. When um, the door opens on its own eventually. Mm-hmm. They see a little mechanism that causes caused uh, Mr. No Name to get shot in the head. And Frankie G runs off saying, screw it, I'm getting out of here. And then the showgirl's like, no, we're trapped. We're here. I'm like, you're like, you see these things? This is plaster and wood. We could break down the walls and get out of here. And I'm like, Frankie G, you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay, I would think the same thing at this point in the movie. Yeah. Because it's true. It is true. But... Before we get to them escaping the first room, we do switch back to Jigsaw's Little Shop of Horrors. Um, They've watched the first victim on the monitor, and they're calling in the tech team to try to trace the feed. Uh, Jigsaw is uh, turning himself around in his wheelchair to uh, talk to Donnie super casually. Jigsaw says that um, he wants some Detective Donnie time alone, winky face. Um, So Donnie goes back to check in with his team before he does this. And um, our our cop friend that's going to return in Saw 4, you said? I think it's four or five. They they all blend together after three to me. So four to to seven is kind of all a mix. (laughs) It's a mixed bag. All right. Um, well, our friend that's going to be returning later, uh, he's just super down with police brutality. He's he's just <laughs> all about it. Yeah, he's like, just start hitting him. Get some answers. Like, hey, why are we not hitting him yet? He's almost upset. Like, listen, uh, why are we even talking to him? Yeah. What's the point? Of- There's no point in talking. Let's start the beatings. Come <laughs> on. And I like it because Detective Dizzy, the whole time, she's like, listen, the phone book treatment is not going to work on him. I know what you're at. I know what you're going to do. Like, she's very matter of fact. So apparently, yeah. this is, um, I don't know how they do police work up in Canada where this is filmed, but man, they just. I thought Canadians were known for their niceness. I feel like. <laughs> too, but not in the Saw franchise, apparently. <laughs> no. no. That's going on. Uh, but then this is where we reveal, and now I understand the sexual tension. Because yeah. we find out that uh, from Detective Dizzy, you lost your son once because you were involved with me. I don't want it to happen again. So talk to him. Humor him. Because that's all he wants. It's all Jigsaw says the whole time. Hey, I just want to talk to you. Yeah. That's all I want. Exactly. But now we're back to the room and the door opens. And this is where they all go out into the hallway and see that all the different doors are locked. They do find a flashlight and a pink shirt coughs up some blood. But then we're back again. Like... Just like the last movie with the constant flashbacks, the constant back and forth between the two places that they are, sometimes the cuts are just too short, in my opinion. Like this one, where... Because all they did was leave the room and then they cut back. Exactly. There was no point to that cut there. They should have just had one fuller scene of Donnie then going to talk to Jigsaw, which is what he's going to do now. And this is where Jigsaw tells him, I want to play a game. The rules are simple. All you have to do is sit here and talk to me. Listen to me. If you don't do that long enough, then you will find your son in a safe and secure state. I love one little thing that Donnie mm-hmm. Wahlberg doesn't know what to deal with it because he's like, listen, if you don't tell me this, I'm going to kill you. He goes, listen, I have cancer. What are you going to do to me? 
Like, <laughs> I'm dying now. This is where Donnie's like just sitting there sad. He's like, oh, he's right. He has cancer. What What am I going to do? I'll, j- I'll just be sad. <laughs> I'll just be sad. But he'll, he'll, he comes back to his one note a couple times. Listen, say this or I'm going to kill you. And, yeah. like, and every time, you know, um, you can, which is fine. Yeah. But I'm dying but now. I'm dying so, anyways, so you're just making it faster for me. <laughs> I'll be dead in 20 minutes. So I really don't know what threatening to kill me is going to do. Yeah. This is where we get the reveal from Jigsaw about why he cuts the the puzzle piece out of all of his victims. Uh, It wasn't supposed to be necessarily a calling card. He didn't want to be called Jigsaw. Uh, He cut the piece piece out of them to symbolize that they were missing their survival instinct. To call back to you saying that you don't think that Jigsaw is overly poetic, this seems pretty poetic. That one does, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he's a soft and sensitive soul who used to also do slam poetry. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe he was one of these guys who used to just hit the stage, slam poetry, and get all the snaps. (laughs) All the snaps. It seems bad when you're, like, it seems like a joke, like, when you see it on TV and stuff. But when you're actually on stage and you get the snaps, it is great. It's very rewarding. It feels very good. There's another thing they don't really talk about. It's called the rewind. It's the whole crowd of your rewind, and you got to say like the last couple lines over again because it was so good they wanted you to hear you say it again. Ooh. Neither here nor there. It's just a totally different. <laughs> but but the snaps are real, and the snaps are cooler than they look on TV. Just thought I'd share. I can believe that. In my fifth grade class, for some, I think the teacher just like was prone to migraines or something, so she told yeah. us whatever we had to applaud, we would just snap instead. Snaps are cool. They are. Yeah, but I had to learn how to snap at that point because I hadn't yet. <laughs> Oh, I snap very weird. I don't use my middle finger. You don't? How do you snap? I use my pointer finger and I like put my middle finger over it and like push that. It's weird because no one had to show me and I just like burn to do it that Mm. way. I just never really snap loudly. Like it's one in 20 that will be loud enough to actually register. Yeah. Um, Where are we? Oh, Jigsaw implies that uh, five years ago, Donnie broke a suspect's jaw with a flashlight. Uh, Donnie then confirms this. Uh, and that's why he's on desk duty now. Now we're back to the... Do you think that this was the premise of escape rooms being born? Because that's how I felt in this movie. <laughs> it feels... This feels very... I've done a couple, so this feels like an escape room. Yeah. Like so much like an escape room. You do this and then the door opens and then you get to the next room and figure out that puzzle and then another door opens. <laughs> With a lot less more padlocks. That's the one thing I find weird about escape rooms. They, you enter a room with 27 padlocks on it of different kinds that you've never seen before. Like, this one is like letters. This one's musical notes. Yeah. This one's like a pad. I'm like, they make padlocks that work this way? Let's go. This one's a directional one. And like, like what? if you don't reset it in between, you're screwed. <laughs> I did escape room once. The first time, actually, the first time I did an escape room, um, we had to like steal a, uh, steal a painting because, you know, whatever. Whatever the theme is. Yeah. We're in one room. We do the whole room. It took us a little while. We're like, all right, we go. We didn't know there was a second room. Mm-hmm. We go into the second room, and I just looked around and saw, without kidding you, like fifteen different padlocks on different <laughs> things. And I was like, "What's rude? We are <laughs> not making it out of this place." I just looked at padlocks everywhere. Like every every thing had a padlock. Every corner, I was like, "This? What? What the hell is this?" <laughs> Oh, man. First escape room I did, I did with uh, a boyfriend at the time and all of his buddies. And so there was something like a box that had a padlock on it. And there were all these drawings on it. And I'm like, there were geometric drawings. I'm like, I guarantee you it's how many triangles are in this geometric shape. And like that, then like how many squares are in this one and like whatever that's uh, going to be 
the combination for that can you guys just like help me figure this out or whatever and they're like no that's fucking stupid we're not listening to you and they like <laughs> refused to help me with it because they're like also like you had to like multiply it or something i forget i'm terrible yeah. at math for the record <laughs> so i needed some help with it but they're like no that's fucking stupid you don't know what you're doing and then eventually they're like we're absolutely stuck we have to call in for a hint okay call it for a hint the guy picks up the box he's like do you see these shapes <laughs> Start saying exactly what I said, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, that makes total sense, man." I'm like, "Really? It does?" Wow. Plus, you got you got mansplained. You got um. Yep. I'm like, man, somehow when Jackie said it, it didn't make no sense. But now hearing it from the from the voice in the sky, yeah. Oh no! Somehow the voice of God when they say it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. <sighs> I wish I was the voice in the sky because I'd be like, remember when um the girl there said this, this, and this, but that. No, like he was making eye contact with me while he explained it. Like he was, he knew that like I was onto it, and that they just were being jerks to me, but didn't want to call him out straight. I was like, all right. We tried to break the room a couple times. Like, listen, don't touch that. That that's not part of the puzzle. You're gonna break the room. Like, okay. <laughs> and when we go back, like I told you already not to move that. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, no, like people go nuts. So uh, there's two really great escape rooms in town but one that i absolutely love and i've had several friends work for uh called improbable escapes here in kingston ontario uh they uh have told me that they've had people rip up the flooring they've had people like make holes in walls (laughs) like all sorts of fucking crazy things being like yeah this is totally part of the room no no it's not (laughs) don't do that all right so jackie i'm gonna throw something out there right now Mm -hmm. for the fans we have if they want to um, fund a trip for me and you to go to Vegas. Mm. They have a small themed escape room in Vegas. Let's do this. That's all I'm gonna say. That's as far. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's saw themed and it's in Vegas. Okay. Neither of us are in Vegas, but if our generous fans want to send us to Vegas, we could do a saw escape room. It will be like meeting in the middle, yeah. except really not in the middle because like <laughs> yeah. it's further no, than the middle for me. But anyways. Yeah, me and you meeting in the middle would be like what? Um, Tennessee, maybe? Oh. Yeah, I would say Tennessee. Something, something around there, I guess, would be the middle. But yes, just just throwing it out there, you know, in case somebody listens to this down the road. But hey, you know what? So escape room in Vegas. If it's funded, I'll do it. I don't know how. We'll make it fun somehow. I don't know how. We'll record ourselves failing at it and or something. We'll make it out. This is know? the dream now. You see. <laughs> See, we have a goal now. Yeah. GoFundMe. Okay. Send us to Vegas. <laughs> I was like, spark up that GoFundMe. <laughs> we need to Just set it up. <laughs> After the pot is up, we're going to fund them. We're going to start a GoFundMe. Jackie and Jeff to Vegas so that we can do the Saw Escape Room. Oh, man. And maybe gamble a little bit and catch a show. We'll be there already. We might as well. Might as you well. Know, we'll see Celine. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Those tickets might be expensive. If you want to fund us a little bit more to get Celine yeah. tickets, that's great. <laughs> My heart will go on if you fund those tickets. <laughs> I don't even want to go, but my heart will go on as well. It's just... <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, we are back to um, Beefcakes uh, in the escape room, and he has a baseball bat that's covered in nails. Where did he get that again? I didn't notice that. It was literally sitting against the door when they left the room. It was just there. (laughs) Or in a corner. They left the room, they turned the corner, it was like in the corner, just propped up. Why? Because, like, other than him beating down this door right now. Oh, I guess. Wait, 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 wait. It does come back later a couple times. It does come back later a couple times. Maybe Jigsaw wanted to give them an alternate way to save Obi, and that was that. 
Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But anyways, um, Beefcakes has the baseball bat, and he starts breaking down the door that is spray-painted saying exit. Uh, and once he breaks down to the outside, he sees that there is metal bars that are padlocked, also blocking their way. Yeah, which I can't blame him for breaking the door down, because why not try that? It is just made out of wood, and you're a big, strong boy. You're a big, strong boy, so I'm sure you can break it down. And he can't. Mm-hmm. And then he gets very annoyed and just yells at everybody the whole time. He's like the bully of the group. He just bullies everybody he into does. doing what he wants. Right now, he's slut shames pink shirt. That's not He cool, does. Man. No, it's not. He slut shames her. Showgirls is tries to say, hey, you've been in jail. I've been in jail. Like, so what? You want a cookie? I'm like, all right, fine. So uh, Showgirls pieces together that uh, he, Beefcakes, and Pink Shirt all did time. And this is where Seventh Heaven finds a door that opens to underneath the stairs. Oh, by the way, she is the most pointless character out of all these because she's basically is sick from moment one. Yeah. She looks like she's going to keel over and die any minute now from the second they all wake up. Like everybody has, the rest of them get sick gradually. Almost everybody gets sick gradually. Yeah. Except for her. She is sick. She might have been sick before she was taken and put in the room because she is not in good shape. She looks pale and weak and coughing, and she's just no good. This and her confirmation about Obi later, those are... Oh, wait, no. She does have one other redeeming quality. She finds the X. Okay. But anyways, I was going to say, she's kind of useless most of the time, but no, actually, she's Uh, not completely useless. She she does a couple things, but still. I feel bad for her the whole time. She gets carried most of the movie. Like, poor Daniel's like... (laughs) has her at the backpack like, all right come on let's get you up and get you into this room because you can't even walk beefcake he takes the lead downstairs a flashlight and they find a body that's slumped over a desk when they move it it's revealed that it is wearing a mask and it has an envelope labeled obi stabbed to its into its chest with a knife and obi hasn't said much no he's just been really creepy around yeah, he's just been sketchy and wearing his hood. They're all yelling and screaming, and he's just real sketchy in the background, just like looking around, walking. Yeah. Eerily. So, uh, Maybe because he knows people. Yeah, I, that's what I think. It's like, oh, I recognize all you people. Uh, shit, this might come back to bite me. <laughs> Which it does. And it does. So, right now. Beefcakes, he starts playing the tape that's inside of the envelope. And uh, we find out that Obi is a con who helped kidnap all of the others. He has offered up two antidotes. One is free as a reward for helping him, helping Jigsaw kidnap these people. And the other one will be for him to give away, but there will be a price for it. He then says, Jigsaw then says, remember, Obi, once you are in hell, only the devil can help you out. So then there is a big oven mm-hmm. boiler um furnace all of the above yeah and that's what obi's been like tapping on trying to check it out whatever meanwhile seventh heaven remembers and starts freaking out because she remembers obi kidnapping her he was the last man that she saw before she woke up in this shithole and this is where we find out that obi's a kinky motherfucker because uh oh yeah beefcakes uh threatens him with a knife and then uh obi decides to cut his own throat he says, "If you're gonna if you're gonna threaten me with a knife, you should at least cut me a little." And for the the only time in the entire movie, Frankie G. Beefcakes actually is scared. It may be too strong, but disturbed. knows he can't mess with it. Yeah, disturbed. That like this is a guy I can't. I won't be able to intimidate. Yeah, like he can. You see in his face, like I can't intimidate because he looks at him, takes the knife, cuts his own outside of his own. Like just cut me a little. Come on. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna go in there regardless. One of these is mine, and y'all can kill yourselves for the rest. I don't even care. So I'm just gonna do this. He crawls full on into this thing, like feet are in, 
head at first. Uh, he sees that there's one syringe that's hanging down. Uh, he pulls that. That's fine. Then he turns around to face up and he sees another syringe on a chain and he pulls that and that closes and locks the oven door and ignites the fire inside. And it slowly starts um, like in stages, like from the door towards him, lighting up, lighting up, lighting up. So he like scooches as far as he can to the end of the furnace and he starts to freak out, which fair, of course, but then he does see like a little knob with a picture of the devil on it. And I couldn't quite catch what it said. I didn't write down what it said either, but basically it was selling him like, like, yep, this is what you need to do. Turn this and it'll basically turn the gas off, which he doesn't even attempt. No, not really. And they're like, screaming instructions at him like why don't you try using like your jacket why don't you do this whatever and far too late they realize that there's a window on the other side i don't know how they didn't see this to begin with because i did like when the oven door even opened i was like oh look right through there's a window on the other side so it takes them a while to realize this and then even after they notice that there's a window it takes them another like two minutes to realize that they should break the window baseball bat they have with all the nails in it and by then obi is pretty much dead and i don't think he would have fit through the window anyway because when he tries to pull out of the window or like pull himself through it like you see he kind of gets stuck so i think it would have been a little bit too big for it but you know he read it he did try that but he just freaks out a bunch and doesn't even try to turn the gas off so another man down and the syringes burned up with him no way to get him in Frank and uh, Beefcake's Frankie G loses his natural mind again as he does a few times during the movie and it's pretty much all he does in the movie okay uh, but now we're back to Jigsaw he's talking to Donnie all these riddles and stuff he oh Jigsaw goes through his whole entire theory of like why he started this and whatever his theory is pretty much that uh, you start valuing your life upon knowing when you will die. He himself tried to kill himself after he found out about his cancer diagnosis but he lived and then that's why the origin story of why he decided to start doing this to other people to inspire them to want to live their lives i guess and gave him purpose he's gonna give them purpose whether or not they want it exactly and then i'm gonna go into a whole bit of dialogue here because it becomes relevant later uh so i went as i mentioned i looked up the script (laughs) at one point (laughs) and that's what i uh i wrote this down so jigsaw says do you understand Donnie says, you got a chance to do the right thing now, John. Just tell me where my son is. I'll help you. Jigsaw says, I don't need your help, and I can tell you you still don't understand. Those who don't appreciate life do not deserve life. Donnie says, my son appreciates life. Jigsaw says, but do you appreciate yours? Do you appreciate your sons? Donnie gets pissed off as per usual at this one. He says, oh, what is this shit? And he starts to storm off. Jigsaw then says, don't forget the rules. If you want to find your son. Is this when we come back or does he hang out with Detective um, Dizzy for a while? Uh, I think he comes back and they kind of like talk a little bit more, but there's nothing like majorly relevant and the rest of their dialogue here. Uh, and then we flash back to the uh, escape room crew. Um, and Amanda reveals that uh, she's back here because she tried to kill herself after uh, the events of the last Saw movie. Mm-hmm. And she shows, I think, the scars on her wrist. Um, I think she just shows that there's bandages. Yeah, she doesn't really... They do a flashback to her uh, sli- like slitting her wrists. Um, at the time of the escape room, she's just... <laughs> She has two bandaged wrists. 
Um, and at this point, uh, Showgirls, uh, he's found another door without a lock, but it won't open. It's stuck. And that's when good old Beefcake starts to muscle his way in, as he does, slamming himself into the door. And Amanda's saying it's probably a trap, which, yes, usually it is. And fair, I think it was um, Showgirls. I think it was Showgirls says everything here is a trap, so might as well. Or it might have been Beefcake himself that said it. No, it might have been Beefcake. I think he said that everything's a trap. And yep. He's not wrong. Oh, man. But uh, why can't I think of the guy from Star Wars that... What's his name? Oh, General Ackbar. Yes. It's a trap. So Beefcakes muscles his way in, and when he uh, opens the first door, it triggers a timer on a second door. We then see that there's an envelope in this room. It has the name Xavier on it, and we find out that's beefcake's name uh and that he was a drug dealer says that the tape tells him that he needs to find a key to the door and they reveal underneath the bed that there is a pit of syringes that he needs to find the key in yes and in perfect beefcake's fashion he's not gonna go in there so he just you see him looking at all the people at which one of these people he's gonna throw into this pit of syringes Mm -hmm. and he chooses amanda Yep. She screams and yells, no, no, no. But he is t- at least twice her size, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Picks her up, chucks her in. I was surprised he chose her. Like, I would have chose Daniel. I thought he was going to choose um, Pink Shirt. Oh, Pink Shirt, yeah. would have. But, like, Pink Shirt also... So, I've already started to notice this, but I didn't note it until later. Um, a lot of people are showing weakness and showing uh, that they're coughing up blood, they're not doing too well with this poison. But Amanda seems to be doing pretty okay. One of the, that is one of the hints. Amanda and um and Daniel are doing fine. The entire movie, they never show any signs of anything. Daniel, like his face looks like a bit pale and like like you know what I mean. He never coughs, but like he he looked a little sickly at least. But Amanda's just stays the same the entire time. So I think I think Daniel's just stressed over the situation. But Amanda's so calm the whole time. Well, not well, not the whole time. Not calm, but you know she is fine like she does not show any signs and um showgirls he shows signs but later on frank he shows right away seventh heaven is basically dying for moment one <laughs> poor seventh heaven she must have got the the whatever they gave them first maybe she was in the house the longest obi kidnapped her first and considering seventh heaven was on at the time of when this movie came out i figured she would have had a bigger part to play i think that originally she did have a bigger part like when i was reading some of the facts i didn't write down all of them but they were there were originally more traps and more things that were supposed to happen but it was just budgetary restraints so they just cut them so i think she originally was going to have some sort of trap but no because i think they actually did write out and traps for everybody that everybody had their own room they never show i think they do show one of them later on but i don't but everybody had their own well, Amanda's in this pit of needles, and it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the one scene, as I was saying, that I recalled from this movie. It, it traumatized me a bit. <laughs> and they made sure to make those syringes look dirty and filthy and used yeah. and just... Uh, one of my facts that I wrote down was that there are 120,000 syringes in there, and uh, yeah. they had to replace all the needles with fiberglass on them so that no one would get actually hurt. Uh, yeah. And that took them four days to complete. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, in the because um, I have DVD or in the Blu-ray, and um, I think one of the special features they they uh, behind the scenes they show on is I think it's a crew of three or four of them. Mm-hmm. They just did that for four days. Yeah, so their entire job for four days was one by one, needle by needle, and they bought a certain amount of needles. They're like, all right, this should be more enough to fill it. Was when they when they were done, it was barely even anything. So mm-hmm. they had to like buy so many more to actually make it look the way it looks in the movie. Yeah. Originally, the idea was that it would be so deep, it would be like a swimming pool. But then they they realized that wasn't going to happen. Because if you notice, when she gets tossed in, there's a good maybe three feet of space between where the needles start and the, the bottom of the floor. And I think they actually have like cushion, like a bed on the bottom. They had something on the bottom to make it even look like there was more than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. She does, and like that's the thing. She doesn't get deep into them, so it seems like a shallow pit of needles. But nevertheless, she's being stabbed all over with them. Real gross. She does, however, manage to find the key. But Beefcake is too late trying to open up the second door, and uh, then he loses his shit and he tries to attack Amanda for that. <laughs> that. That is the part that I found hilarious, but totally in character form. Yeah, like I fucked up. I also just tortured you. Now I'm going to beat you, too. Because <laughs> it's your fault. You didn't get the key in time. Yeah. But the entire time, Daniel shows that he's actually not a bad kid. Because the entire time, we should help her. And everybody's like, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> like, no. Everybody's like, I don't, don't want to jump into a dirty needle pit. And he's like, but, but, but helping is good. <laughs> but we should do something. Look, she's in pain. They're like, yeah, she's in pain down there where I'm not going to go. <laughs> That's where she is. That looks not good for me. No, I'm not doing that at all. Even Showgirls, which seems to be the best of the bunch, is like, nah, that, that's just the answer that I'm not going to get. He, he has too much self-preservation. So we're back at the little shop of horrors, and the tech team still is not there. No rush. Oh, wait, I, I skipped one note, which is a very important note. In this scene, Seventh Heaven reveals that, that uh, she's been to jail as well, which now tells us that everyone there except for Daniel has been to jail. And this is where, you know, a normal person starts to put together, hmm, well, who put them into jail? Tech team isn't there yet. Keep on calling. They're 10 minutes out. They're 5 minutes out. They're 15 minutes out. They're almost always almost there, but they're not there yet. Not like there's an, it's, like, it's not like they're, they're on a time crunch. Exactly. It's just taking them forever to even arrive. And so at this point, they decide that their best option is to start destroying all the evidence to piss Jigsaw off. And he doesn't get even phased by it. I love the first thing he says, like, man, it's going to be hard for you to convict me through destroying all this evidence. Mm-hmm. That's going to suck for you. Anyway, so I'm still going to sit here. Yeah, and he just sits there and he just keeps on revealing what a shitty cop Donnie is, that he planted evidence, etc., etc. And as he's doing this, finally the tech team arrives and uh, Jigsaw reveals that Johnny, uh, John, Donnie, not Johnny, <laughs> Donnie convicted all the victims and that he planted evidence in their case. Right, and something here happens that bothers me. Not bothers me. It bothers too much that irked me mm-hmm. for no good reason. She's like, ah, there's something that you're going to need to see. Uh, brown desk, second drawer. They go to a silver desk, second drawer. It's like stainless steel desk. I'm like, that's not a brown desk. How'd they find what he wanted in the desk he didn't ask for? When, and there, were, there weren't any brown desks in the room either. Yeah. It's not that there was another brown desk there. So that's just a little thing that bothered the continuity thing that irked me a little bit. But that is neither here nor there. Just like caught it today while watching it. You got an eagle eye. I didn't even mention, see that at all. 
And I'm like, that desk isn't brown. He said brown desk. Why she even looked there? And this is where we find out that Detective Izzy is colorblind. Yes, she's colorblind. And um, there was a file. There were files of everybody that's in the room. You planted, not only did you arrest all these people, you planted evidence on all of them. They couldn't be wrongly gone to jail. And they're all stuck in a room with your son. Hmm. Wonder how that's going to go. So anyway, I'm going to lean back in my chair for a while. You can ruminate on that while I sit back and sip my water. Yes, my water that you got me. I love that part. He's like, um, it's not too much trouble. Do you mind getting me a glass of water? Because I can't do it. Please. Yeah, shaking the cup. Shaking the cup. Coughing <laughs> like, <laughs> please. He's just staring for me and girls. I'm sick. <laughs> it's just like that. He does it so begrudgingly. He could not. Especially that's in it. He's just like, girl, man. so I'm much hate in his eyes. He's just like, mm, I don't get water for anyone. I don't even drink water. Girl, it's not an angry enough drink for me. <laughs> I just drink angry things that make me mad. I never drink still water, only sparkling because it's angry like me. Girl, mad. Yeah, it's just like the whole movie. He's like Hulk mad basically the entire time. And it's it's wonderful. But the longer it goes, because even any rational human being that was a decent human being at any point in their life would be like, this is not getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Even when he is quote unquote talking to him, Jigsaw's talking and he's just like going through all these canned responses. Like, listen, um, I'll help you. Just say something and just whatever. And even Jigsaw calls him on you. Listen, I know you're still not listening to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm all asking you to do something very simple. <laughs> Sit here and talk to me and you're, you will find your son safe. But, you know, Don, Donnie's not able to do that. But, you know, who he's else a man of action. Able to keep their but, calm. Frankie G. Frankie G. He is oh. in the first room again, and he's trying to hit the safe open. <laughs> See, he's just trying to beat, beat, beat it open. I beat up people. I'm going to beat up the safe until he gives up the antidote. Um, and it's at this point that for some reason, uh, like he he was dragging his uh, baseball bat and he knocked the coat that they put over the businessy guy's head, uh, the guy that got shot in the face. Yeah, the cover-up uh, head wound. Yeah, for some reason, Frankie G decides that he's going to move back this guy's collar. Because, I think he's thinking. I think he's thinking, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, exactly they have him thinking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. First time, you know, it took him a little while. But right now, he decided to use the brain a little bit. He's just a, like, all these toxins has him high and he got him thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, <laughs> and he remembers I- that the numbers are at the back of their mind. And so he looks at the back of this guy's neck and lo and behold, he finds the number two written red on the back of his head. <laughs> Now, my question to you is, the over the rainbow part, do you think Frankie G really knows, like, Roy G. Biv and, like, the order of the rainbow? You, you, does he strike you as somebody that would actually know that part of it? Okay. There, I have that yeah. question. I, also, um, are numbers that are white and black involved? Does that just mean that those are numbers that are not relevant to the case? Or are, are we supposed to remember where they are on the spectrum as well? <laughs> like white is every color and black is no color so i don't know maybe one of them will be the first one or be the last one maybe i guess i don't know i also i struggled uh sometimes to be like is that black or is that blue or is that a green or would you call that more blue like, <laughs> i was is questioning that an indigo is that yeah. really is that more like a, is, is a i'm not sure 
But Frankie G, I think, knows. I think he knows his colors. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he's not like shit. Detective Dizzy. He's not. Not at all. <laughs> I think he is like, you know what? I got these colors things wired. I'm not going to let that stop me. I just don't think he would know the order that they go in. He doesn't have that color theory background. I'm, I, I'm surprised I know Roy G. Biv. How is he going to know? <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, he doesn't really get that far, does he? But, uh, no, 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 no. so yeah, not for lack of trying, but, uh, showgirl shows up into the room, um, and he's puking up some blood and trying to make peace with beefcakes. He tries the entire, literally the entire movie. Yeah, he's always trying to be peaceful and whatever. Uh, he says that, uh, his family's on the line here. If he dies, they die. Yeah, because I have, I have enemies. I wish, I want to know his backstory, because I have enemies, and they're trying to kill me, and if they can't kill me, they're going to kill my family, and I can't let that happen. I'm like, what did you do? What's going on with this? You never find out. Some, like, mob shit or something, I don't know. But so many flashbacks, you figured they'd give me one, but no, not this one. I mean, I guess we find out these are flashbacks, but there aren't really that many flashbacks than this one compared to last time yeah because yeah, you don't know the entire movie half the movie's basically a flashback until the end but yeah good old uh beefcake slash frankie g he doesn't want to share the info about these numbers that he found he just pulls a knife on showgirls and tells him to turn around which when he first like i forgot that he had the knife so he's like turn around and then he goes to reach for his waistband and i was like what kind of movie did this turn into <laughs> This this is not the kind of movie I signed up for. Out of nowhere, what's going on? You can't just throw this at me without telling me. Yeah, but no, his knife what? is in the waistband, and that's what he's pulling at. He gets into a struggle with Showgirls, but eventually he kills him with the bat to the back of the head. And then we see that Showgirls has the number sixteen in white on the back of his neck. So then he starts roaming through the house, trying to find everybody else basically for the numbers. Yeah, and everyone else is together right now, but they're all starting to feel the effects of that poison, and you can tell it on them, except for Amanda and Daniel, as we mentioned. They really don't get it. And then um, Seventh Heaven does the last, one of the last things she does in the movie is the X marks the spot thing. Mm-hmm. And she, hey, look, X marks the spot. And this is literally something that no one would have ever found. Yeah, exactly. It was so subtle because the X is just a crack in the picture frame. In a shithole where everything's broken. So, of course, the picture frame will be broken. You wouldn't think. I realized that I missed in my notes. Um, the one other really great thing about Seventh Heaven is her line when she passes out in the middle of the movie and then she wakes back up. She's like, oh, that's the second time I had to wake up in this shithole. I wake up in this shithole twice. This sucks. I'm like, that's good. Hey, leave one out. I guarantee you. Yep. She's, she's on death's door and death's answering. And she's like, I have to wake up in this shithole again. Yeah. Good old Lee. But uh, yeah, so she points out that there's an X smashed into the picture frame. Picture pulls the frame off the wall. And behind it, there is a badly photoshopped picture of Daniel and Donnie. Yeah, they can't just take a picture. Yeah, no, like instead it's just like a really badly photoshopped together photo of them. And uh, just in case we didn't put together why they are in a photo together, on the back uh, in big bold font, it says father and son. And then everyone's like, don't tell me that's your father. He's not your father, is he? Don't say that it is. And at this point, I'd be like, I don't know why that picture says that. <laughs> that's not, hmm, really? No, that's not. They're setting me up. <laughs> I don't know who that man is. <laughs> I've We're never seen him before in my life. Look how poorly photoshopped it is. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Pink Shirt decides to bail on them. 
that's your dad, so I can't trust anyone here. I'm like, that doesn't make a logical sense. But then again, she is very close to death as well. She's mm-hmm. not looking well at all, talking blood a lot now. So Amanda also decides that she's going to ditch the kid, but she immediately finds showgirls murdered and decides instead that she needs to save the kid and they need to move now. Around the time with Seventh Heaven, she just dies. Oh, yeah. She doesn't get killed, nothing. She just like lays down. Has a seizure and dies. Yeah, she succumbs to whatever poison's running through their bodies, and she just doesn't make it. Meanwhile, um, Pink Shirt, she finds my favorite trap. Well, before Pink Shirt finds the trap, uh, we got Frankie G running around the house. He's found that Obi has 11 on his neck in what I think is green. <laughs> Let's go with it. Seventh Heaven has eight and black, I think. I couldn't tell if it was blue or black, but I, I landed on black. Indigo? <laughs> Maybe. Um, then we flash back to the little chop of horrors. Uh, Donnie is losing it for real. He grabs a gun and he starts roughing up Jigsaw, uh, breaks his fingers, knocks him around. Throws him, hits him. Yeah. Then puts the gun in like, Open your mouth, puts the gun in his mouth. Yeah, we're finding out that De- Detective Dizzy is the only cop there that's not okay with police brutality because the rest of them are like barricading her to be like, no, let him do this. <laughs> This is how we do things here in Canada. I promise we don't do things like that here. (laughs) I mean, okay, well, there is some police brutality, but we don't need to get into that. That's just a whole bunch of sadness. Um, Yeah, we don't need any sadness. um, Jesus is the perfect line. Game over. I'll take you to the house. Not take you to your son. I'll take you to the house. But first, we get that scene uh, with Pink Shirt. Oh, Pink Shirt. She goes to my favorite trap. This is my favorite trap in in this movie. I think it's my favorite trap because Lee Wanell was like, we did research on torch on traps, and this is one that it's easy to get out of, but counterintuitive to get out of. And they don't explain it, and maybe because I saw the behind the scenes where they do explain the trap. The way this trap is like, it's a plexiglass container with two little slits, I guess, in the bottom <laughs> that are basically made with razor blades. <laughs> so she puts and with syringe in the middle, so she puts her hand up. Gets a syringe, but she's like high and dying. So instead, she puts her other hand in to try to pull it out. And instead of her like looking around, but she already spilt the syringe at that point. Oh, she spilled it. I thought she spilled it with both hands in. No, 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 no. With the I rewound and looked. So the first hand goes in, and she goes to pull up the syringe. And instead of pulling it by the plunger, she pulls it by the top and spills out the entire syringe everywhere but then when she puts her other hand and then when she, the, the way the trap is set up if you try to pull your arm back out it cuts into your forearms mm-hmm. it's very subtle and you have to know when it's there to see it if the first time they show it on the top of the box if you just keep on going fo- up is that's what that's like there's a key there for you to get out and unlock yeah I, that was one of my fun facts is that there it's just instead of putting your f- fingers or not fingers your hands into the razors in the first place you could have yeah. just used this padlock unlocked the box and gone in from the top the way the reason she didn't do it i kind of at the at the, that part of, maybe they had found it earlier mm-hmm. when they were aren't weren't so like dying <laughs> They might have been able to get through with it, but it's it's like a cool, inventive little trap. This is, you know, it's just I don't know. Beefcake is getting smarter as he's dying. So, <laughs> what's her excuse? <laughs> she was the best one to begin with. Seventh Heaven acts like she's dying from jump. Like she's yeah. coughing, she's dying, she's pale. Pink shirt gets like she's been. She got maybe she had a stash on her because she, it's like she gets high as she gets closer to death and like incoherent unlike anybody else in this movie uh, i don't know but she's officially stuck in this box um this is where beefcake comes up behind her and gently caresses her neck pulling back her hair to reveal 
the number nine in what I think is blue on her neck. So he then slowly backs his way out of the room and she is screaming at him for being the asshole that he is. To only her surprise, no one else anywhere is like, oh, he left her there to die? I'm shocked. (laughs) Yeah, no surprise to anyone else. But now we're back at uh, Little Shop of Horrors and uh, Donnie is like pulling some WWE moves on Jigsaw. He's just like... (laughs) Oh yeah, he is going to town. What is that move where they like literally like jump on someone? Like an elbow? Like Like Yeah, with the elbow. splash? It's a, it's a splash or an elbow. Okay, like, whatever. That's what he's doing. <laughs> I'm like, what? Just a flying elbow, just the Randy Macho Man Savage elbow? Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but at this point, Jigsaw offers to take only Donnie to the house. Uh, they use an elevator to escape. Which apparently they were standing in the entire movie and no one noticed. Yeah, that one, again, with the... Because yeah, Don is like, how do we get out of here? He goes, there's a blue button over there. If you press it. It's a red button, of course. It's saw. Red. And then the tactical team is like, no, we must go after them. Um, no, they're in the elevator. There's no way we can catch them. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> we don't know where that's going. Forget down. And then uh, Donnie gets into the car, and then we have that car driving scene similar to the first movie where it's all these like, weird zooming in and out shots and... <laughs> No one drives like this, but anyways. I think it's going a lot fast, faster than they are. I think they're standing still, but it looks, they want to make it look from the zooms like they're going fast. It's wonderful. Exactly. And meanwhile, the tech team finally finds the address of where this uh, video is being broadcasted from. Yes, because the tech team, crack tech team, took them like an hour and a half to figure out how to get there. One, how to get there, and then two, how to get the feed. Like, oh, we finally found it. But I did love the little graphic that came on screen. Like, it's found. Then, like, Google Maps shows up yeah. with an address and a pinpoint. I'm like, we don't have this today. That's pretty cool. I, know. <laughs> I always love uh, technology in movies when it, like, specifically cops technology in movies where it's absolutely ridiculous and this is not how it works. But not even a little bit, but it's good. Like, I didn't know that could, whatever TV screen they were using had GPS on it. Cool. That's awesome. All right. And the internet. We're back with uh, our escape room victims, though. Yes. We, oh, yeah. Because I think at this point it is um, Amanda and Daniel just trying to get away. Because I think they basically hear Frankie G roaming the hallways mm-hmm. trying to murder them. Absolutely. And they're, they've made it back into the first room and they are barricading the door as a... Frankie G's trying to break it down. And meanwhile, it's cutting back and forth between the car and them. Uh, Jigsaw <laughs> tells uh, Donnie this. I don't know if you caught the line. Uh, it's the last house on the left. <laughs> I did catch the line. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. nice West Craven reference. Yeah, nice, nice little reference there. At this point, um, Amanda notices that there is a trap door underneath the safe. They try to go for it. It's locked. Then they realize that uh, the key that had been hidden with uh, the tape recorder and the note, uh, that's the right key. Uh, They recall that uh, Frankie G had thrown it at one point and Jonas had picked it up, uh, or Showgirls. This is where we first hear his name. (laughs) Um, One day, Jonas had it. I'm like, who? (laughs) And then they start searching his pockets. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's his name. (laughs) He has a name. Awesome. Okay, I'm glad that you psychically knew that. Um, somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We didn't need to know it apparently, but I'm happy you did. Yeah, that, that's great. 
Jigsaw gives uh, Donnie the key to the gate um, in the front of the house. Meanwhile, Amanda and Daniel are running down the stairs that are underneath this trap door, and Beefcakes is in hot pursuit. Which my whole thing is not my whole thing. I was wondering, like, when, once they got into the gate, into the trap door, mm-hmm. and it was locked, they couldn't lock it from the other side, I'm guessing? Based on the key, I didn't see what the lock looked like, but it looked like it would have been like a, a padlock key. Once the door is closed, they couldn't use the There's lock no padlock on this top. It was just like a. I don't know. They go down and then they start moving. Frankie G is moving slower now. Yeah, ever so, ever so slower. But still moving a bit. The uh, the SWAT team they're they're right on Donnie's heels and try and they've entered the building too apparently. But uh, Detective Dizzy says that she can't see them on the monitors. Meanwhile, flash to Amanda and Daniel as they're running through this maze that hmm looks vaguely familiar uh these hallways to cut back a little bit Mm -hmm. because this is something i caught on my first viewing all right i'm gonna gonna get back to the two things i caught we're getting to the first one now when i first saw the movie Mm -hmm. when the SWAT team comes to the house the quote-unquote and breaks the door down Mm -hmm. the door they break down to get in isn't broken i that is very smart of you i did not catch that and that's when it hit me what the twist is around that part that's not broken he's in a different house but why is he in a different house and then it's Something that happens in a minute is what cements it for me mm-hmm. later. So then back uh, to Frankie G is chasing them down the very familiar hallways, which my question for about these hallways is you see how they get into the hallways in the first Saw movie. Spoiler alert, they, sh- they show up in the bathroom from the original Saw movie. Yeah, exactly. So them getting into this is completely different. Like the structure of this building is completely different than what it was in Saw 1. <laughs> Totally different way to get in from a totally different area, totally different angle. So either this random bathroom that will go for Lord knows what had 27 different entrances from different locations <laughs> onto these houses for whatever reason. They open the sliding door. They turn the light on. I don't know if they use the same shot, but it looks like basically the same shot from when they originally turned the lights on in the first one. Mm. And you see poor Adam. Or what's left of them. Yeah. And I didn't rewind, but it looked like there was another body in there, but it wasn't. Like when and the other shots that wasn't shot or anything else in there besides you see Dr. Gordon Black, mm-hmm. he didn't come back for it apparently. They're in there and he's freaking out over their body and they try to hide in there from Frankie G. Mm-hmm. But no lock on the door, so he's able to get it. Yeah, no. Um at this point Donnie finds uh, the body of Jonas. We notice that there's there's a syringe on the floor right beside Jonas, though. But what I call here about Jonas is when you look at Jonas' head, it looks decomposed. I didn't notice that because I was too busy looking at the syringe. Yeah, when I first watched the movie, his hand looks looked like he had been there a while. Not like he was just killed 20 minutes ago. Mm, that's fair. And so does Frankie G later when they find his body. Spoiler alert. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did notice his hand was messed up, but like I didn't put it together that that was decomposition for some reason. I was like, what happened to his hand? Did he burn his hand on the oven earlier? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, so my head, and that's when it cemented me. Oh, this is pre-tape. <laughs> that part. That's the part that it, that's the part that cemented it for me. Which I was ahead of the movie by maybe three minutes, but still. Frank G makes his way into the washroom, and Amanda tells him that uh, Daniel didn't make it, and Daniel's there, and you think maybe he did die. Frankie G's like, show me the number in the back of your head. And then Amanda gives him the best point out of everybody else. Like, listen, you need the number in the back of your head. How are you going to see it if we don't tell you? Mm-hmm. Good point, Amanda. So he tries to look in the mirror, which the mirror's back up? Because didn't 
Adam, he, they broke it? One oh, only one. Okay. Okay. But um, he, but they, I don't even think these are mirrors. They look like like steel or something because he rubbed his hand on them. They don't even they don't budge. It looks just like nothing reflective there. So I can't see him in the mirror. And Frankie D does what the guy in the beginning of the movie can couldn't do. Mark, he takes a knife to the back of his neck. I would have an easier and, time cutting off a piece of my neck versus my eye. I think. Oh no, way easier. Yeah. But not for nothing. I would. I don't think. Even with practice, I don't think it would have been as good of a job. No, and how did he know exactly where the number was on his neck? <laughs> well, he did cut a pretty big piece. It was a pretty big chunk. It was like an inch by an inch. I would have said two by two, but still close enough. But my favorite part about it, he looks at it, smiles, puts it in his pocket, and pats his pocket like, I got it right here. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, what is with putting it in his pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. He looks at it like, yeah, I got it here. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. That was oh. so great. But then surprise, Daniel's not dead. And he uses the hacksaw from movie one to slit Beefcake's throat. <laughs> if, if the throat didn't kill him, he probably would have got tetanus from that thing. It was just, it was bad. So yeah, so then Frankie G bleeds out and gives a better death scene than Adam did in the first one. Well, I mean, Adam, we didn't see Adam actually die. We just saw him fake die. He's pretend to die. So Frankie's actually dying. Yeah, he's actually dying in this one. And meanwhile, the SWAT team reveals that they're in the wrong house and that the broadcast of what was happening in the escape room house was pre-recorded. So they were watching it on tape to live. They were just watching because there's a bunch of TV monitors up playing all of them because they were all covered by I want to know where Jigsaw get all these nice little satin sheets right? to cover things up. They're real nice. They're like velvety, nice. They seem nice and comfortable. I'm like, wow. Because everything else is a shithole. Like, it's a shithole house. Everything's fucked up and torn apart. But these sheets are very nice. This is nice. He gives himself the finer thing. He probably goes to <laughs> the mood fabric store and is just like, hey, I need 200 yards of this beautiful velvet material. Also, can you make me a robe? <laughs> I need it to look like this. Red and black with the hood. Very stylish. I want to look like a like a Jewish wizard um, is what I want to look like. <laughs> I heard a and... Jewish wizard first, not a Druish. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? There's some yeah, Jewish true. wizards out there that I'm unaware of. Maybe. <laughs> my, yeah, I'm not aware. My best friend does call herself a Jew witch, so you know. <laughs> well, there it is. So we. There you so go. The male version. See, <laughs> like like a brother or like a male cousin. Boom! Here we are. <laughs> that is, and he must be a pretty good tailor or something because it fits well. It looks good on him. Anyway, so he's styling. Yeah, he is. I don't think I could be. I don't think I'd be able to pull it off, but it's still pretty cool. But now we see Donnie stumble his way into the bathroom, all dark again. He heads over to that little tiny bathtub. <laughs> little teeny tiny, because he sees like a hand on it, so he thinks it might be his son. Mm-hmm. And instead, there's somebody in the pig mask from movie one uh, hiding in the tub, and they stab him with a needle, and he immediately passes out. He pulls his gun out, but not in time. But meanwhile, at the little shop of horrors, a timer, like the timer, it runs out and uh, suddenly a safe opens behind them. And as they slowly walk over to the safe, uh, guns pointed, they reveal that Daniel's inside the safe and he's alive with an oxygen mask. Remember, if... 
Donnie had just talked to Jigsaw for long enough, he would have found his son in a safe and secure state. And that's and there he is. Like he literally tells him in the beginning movie, all he had to do sit here, talk to me, and it'll happen. That's it. But Donnie can't do that because he needs anger management classes. <laughs> At least if he would have paid attention, maybe. But not even that. It was just like, where's my son? Yeah, man. What's the movie that... Uh, is that somebody keeps says that the entire movie, and I can't... I've been killing me the entire, the entire time I'm going, like, where's my son? I don't know. I want, I'm picturing Liam Neeson yelling at that for no reason. I know, reason, but, but that's Taken and that's his daughter. But it's his daughter, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, too. But I'm like, no, you, you're right. There is a movie where someone's continually screaming, where's my son? Listeners, if you are screaming... <laughs> the name of that movie to yourself in a room right now please find us on social media or email us, us a seri- sorry series of horrors podcast please yeah. let us know yeah. man because it's killing me i'm like where's my son i, I want to see Liam Neeson. i want it because it could be a different movie with Liam Neeson, but that's the movie i'm thinking in my head and i can't stop earlier like earlier when i was saying I was like, what is this movie Anyway, um, he wakes up. Uh, where are we? Yeah, where um, he wakes up. And so, Detective Donnie waking up in the bathroom. In the bathroom, he's yelling and screaming, "Where's my son?" <laughs> but then he has a tape recorder beside him. You hear the recording, but this time it's not Jigsaw. It's Amanda, and I love Amanda. Well, I like Amanda. She's good. She's a good character and all, but she doesn't have the voice for this. Yeah, it's just not as creepy as when uh, Jigsaw did it because it's just like, "Hello there." I don't know why she turned southern in my interpretation, but you know. And blah blah blah. Um, you, um, I have learned he saved me. Where um, I'm gonna take up his mantle after he dies. You were my first, my first test. My first. I think you said she said test. My yeah, first test. I think that it was her first test. Our first test and game over. And then she calls just to reference the first one, boom, and he yells and screams and boom, fade to black, directed by somebody that's not James Wan. Uh, we, we mentioned it before. Bowsman, Bowsman, yeah. That's the end of the movie. So, what did you think? Now that you saw it, huh. 15. Uh, see, 16 years and now, remember, they come out years, one year apart for yesterday was 17, today is 16, yeah. 15, 16 years. 16 years later, uh, I, I'm, I'm where I was when I first saw it. I think I, yeah, it, and I was kind of, uh, it made sense to me in a way that this started from a movie that wasn't a Saw movie and then was edited into becoming a Saw movie. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know. Um there are a lot of things I didn't like in this movie, mainly that there were two characters that were at 100, 100% of the time, never came down. I couldn't understand their motivations in most scenes. Um, I kind of got to take the Donnie's motivation, but Frankie G, no, no reason why he had to be at 11 the entire movie. He just had to be all balls to the wall, asshole, beat people up, abuse everyone from the moment he yeah. woke up. To the point of it being counterproductive to what he wanted. Like, at least if it was working to get him what he wanted, I'm like, all right, fine, it's bullshit, but it's working. Mm-hmm. So whatever. But not... It didn't work. Like, it wasn't working for him. Yeah, no. And... I don't know. And when I first saw it, I appreciated the twist of it being Amanda at the end, but this time I, I didn't. <laughs> I, uh... I don't know. I was just like, okay, that's interesting i guess but why 
yes, she thinks that he saved her, I guess, but it just mm-hmm. it's such a a strange turn. In this movie, it's like a shock for the for the sake of giving you a twist. It's like, oh, I'm gonna give you a you would think somebody that went through it the first time wouldn't be back here. That's basically the first hint of it, probably. Like, listen, after what she went through, why would she fall back? Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't know. And she didn't fall back, because they even flashback to her cutting her wrist again, and it's really, Jigsaw's in the room with her. Was that necessary? Because she never showed people that her wrists were actually slit, so, like, why didn't she just wear some bandages on her wrist and say that she slit them? <laughs> Come on, she's a method. You know, she needed, you know. She, she needs to suffer for her art. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> that, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> um, they would have seen right through it if she didn't actually have the scars. But then the the whole thing of like this building is on top of that bathroom that doesn't make sense to me. That part. That's the part. That part got me. Like today, that got me more than the other, every other time I watched. I'm like, wait, maybe because I watched them close together. Even though I've done that before, but last time I did this, the back to back thing, I watched them. In a weekend, mm-hmm. all eight movies. So, Jeez. had so much more going on <laughs> that, that weekend than as convoluted as you'll find out this gets. Yeah. Um, there's like, how is this like a different entrance? Because they didn't even take the um, the ladder like they did before. And it's not like they built this house over the other entrance. Well, that's what it right. seemed like. That's the only way that made sense to me based on like that it's completely different from what was there before. That like they just renovated this place to look like a shithole. <laughs> I don't know. And why were there two basements? Like <laughs> <laughs> there was one basement. And the second basement, weren't they up isn't that room upstairs? The room they wake up in? Yeah, I don't know. It's like on the second floor of that what? house, isn't it? I think so. That room, that house is enormous, by the way. It's like 27 bedrooms. It's like a mansion. Yeah. I'm really curious to find out how Jigsaw is so wealthy and how he finances all of this. I can't wait to hear that bit because... I don't know if they go into why he's rich. I know they go into him just being rich. (laughs) Oh, that's it? He's he's just rich. I don't remember if they say he's rich for... I think because he is a... He's an engineer, a structural engineer or something. That's why he's able to build everything. So okay. he and like he owns a company, so like he owns factories or whatever. Okay. So if I remember correctly, which I think they had to put it in one of these movies because eventually you're asking like, how the hell is he building these things? Yeah. What the fuck, like they look constructed from from stuff you find at Walmart or or, or Home Depot or whatever. But still, for you to build these intricate contraptions, you just like. I mean surprisingly like people can be very resourceful i uh i visited this uh it's like the canadian penitentiary museum and they have all these uh contraband uh that they've taken from prisoners over the years and it's like they made a radio out of a soup can they uh like have a crossbow like all sorts of crazy things you're like how did this person figure out how to build this out of absolutely nothing have years on my hands here with literally nothing else to do to, than to try to figure this out so I, I get it yeah i get it but they they do go into how he's able to build all these things all right so i guess the question would be we're eight and a half on saw one so this one we're so so how are we trending we're like we're staying pat we're rising we're falling. we are definitely falling all right hmm i think it's a four so oh so it's a sharp drop yeah i i did not enjoy this one that much like i as i said i couldn't relate to most of the characters i also was 
irritated that we didn't know anyone's name. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I will, maybe I'll bump it to a five because I feel like they invented escape rooms and I need to get them for okay. that. <laughs> still a pretty sharp drop, you know, from eight and a half to five is still pretty. Yeah. You know, it's not a nose dive, but it's a steep decline from. I saw one will always be on a pedestal for me. I just really loved that movie when it first came out. Yeah, Saw One is yeah, Saw One is really, really, really good. It, uh, not I wanna say as of right now I'm gonna say it's the best one, but as we go through, we'll see. And there's one coming out later on this year, so we'll see how that one is. But as of right now, I was in solid eight yesterday. This one I am gonna drop. Probably won't drop as much as you did. I'll probably drop to a six though. That's fair. From eight to six. Um, because I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed a bunch. I can't relate to Frankie G being at, at 15 the entire movie yeah. for no reason. And the point that Donnie is at 11 the entire movie is the reason he's in this situation. If he was a regular yeah. person that wasn't always at 11, he wouldn't have been picked for this. That's fair. But another thing that I didn't like about this movie was that there weren't as many traps. And the traps that there were, they weren't very inventive. They weren't interesting to me. Yeah, besides my favorite trap, the rest weren't really creative. Because mine was still kind of, like, it was intricate, not the right word. It was uh, inventive. (laughs) It was, all right, we could do this. It's like a Chinese finger trap thing. If you pull on it, it just makes it worse. You have to to come through to go out or whatever. It kind of, I get it. But the other traps was just like, hey, um, you have, uh, go into this furnace and then turn this knob. Basically, is what that one boiled down to. Exactly. Go into this pit of needles. Like, the pit of needles is memorable and, like, gross. But it's not like a jigsaw trap, in my opinion. No, it like just, it's, no, it just sucks because who wants to go in a bed of needles? It's like, oh, this. Oh, this yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, this one strays a little bit from the, you know, hey, you don't value your life. You need to do something to earn. It's basically like this one was a one-person trap. It was a game for one person. It was the detective game, and there were, like, pawns in that game. And then, I mean, okay, so we know that Frankie G is a drug dealer outside of that, and he's still a piece of shit. Same with Obi. He's a con man. We know that for sure. The other the whatever little bits we get about what they did wrong, like, they're all implications, and a lot of them are saying, I was set up. By Donnie. And so it's, you know, they're not actually bad people as far as we know. Even though Frankie G probably is a bad person. Like, and the one thing Amanda did say was, listen, I was guilty of a bunch of stuff, but not what I went to jail for. So it could be the case for the rest of them. Maybe they were bad people. Maybe. But we don't get to know that. We don't get to know these people at all. And thus, I didn't really care when they died. And also, when they died, wasn't overly inventive most of the time. No, so. Seventh Heaven just basically collapsed from the sickness, yeah. from whatever whatever nerve toxin they gave him. Frankie G loses his mind. And you, you're kind of rooting for his death because he's just been a slasher killer stuck in a Saw movie yeah. this entire for a while. <laughs> that he just what he turns into. By the end, it's like, it's like Michael Myers kind of yeah. trying to kill these people. Pink shirt. Like, even for her, like, her death isn't she, that great, in my opinion. Like, it's just like, okay, she's trapped here and she's not going to die of blood loss. She'll probably die of the po- poison first. So she's just going to die in a slightly yeah. more painful way than Seventh Heaven. Yeah. And she gets slut shamed, but we don't know if that's 
true or not yeah uh, based on my research apparently she is supposed to be a prostitute but they okay. just didn't get into that bother. <laughs> <laughs> didn't bother to go there like frankie g has one line he says that but that's something he would probably just say to a girl exactly like- so i yeah based on what was uh given to us in the movie i would say that a majority of these characters we don't know that they are bad people but we also don't know if they're good people we know nothing about them we don't even know their names <laughs> you know they were set up by detective matthews and that's it that's what yeah. we know and they were basically set up to make daniel uncomfortable because his dad set all these people up and his dad's a bad person yeah the end and it was like a one-person game so like and i agree with you it does look like a script that was tried to be retrofitted into a saw movie in the defense of that at this point it's the second one and they couldn't really do the first one again or what they did the first one again Mm -hmm. they did the one scene in the beginning with um the iron maiden i think that one's the coolest one that is the most saw trap in this whole movie it has the guy trapped the reason you're here is this um this is why this is what's this is what you have on you and this is what you gotta do to get out mm-hmm. are you willing to do this you have a minute go yes or no live or die the choice is yours so that's the most saw out of all but right now yeah i have to admit we are on a downswing now maybe the, the, will a third one move up we'll find out next time right now we're kind of on a downswing. all right so we did it we're doing it a little bit out of order but what would you have done to turn this i say from a five to I feel like I've ranted about most of it without saying that's what, like, I would fix this. But yeah, A, let people introduce themselves. B, give them a little bit of backstory so that I actually am invested in them, care. Um, maybe don't have everyone be a mur- murderous villain, like, <laughs> and at the level of 10. Uh, some more interesting traps and deaths. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. That's what I would change. For me on this one, I, I can't agree with that you could have Frankie G as a murderous villain because you want him to turn into that later. Mm-hmm. Fine. I get it. But you don't have to, he doesn't have to be at 11 from the moment he opens his eyes. He can get to 11 out of desperation. Yeah, I would have appreciated like more of an arc for him as opposed to, I'm just an asshole and I'll always be an asshole and I'm just going to try and hurt everyone because I can. Or he can even still be an asshole the whole movie. They fine. Be an asshole. People, there are assholes, but not like Obi was an asshole too. But he was like sketchy and weird and whatever. <laughs> even he wasn't there long. But you know, he doesn't have to be an asshole to that level yeah. so quickly, like so just right in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, I'm bullying you. I'm doing this. I'm throwing you into the. <laughs> I was gonna say ball pit <laughs> into the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a ball pit would probably be just as dirty and gross. <laughs> probably more dirty and more gross. Do you know how many kids um, puke in those? I The stories I've heard of ball pits. Yeah. And I would actually make showgirls a little bit, give him a bit more edge. Because he is too lovey-dovey, piece, pieces away. But he is too much the other way, if that makes sense. But like yeah, him and Frankie G from about the same place, but they go just in different directions. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't hate that necessarily, but I feel like it's kind of tropey in a way to have like the kind older black man that has been to prison and now, you know, all he wants is peace and love. 
Trophy for sure. Yeah. But like he should be smart enough to know that all the talk in the world is not going to help this dude. I'm I gotta stop trying to make peace. With these guys not trying to make peace with anybody. Yeah, I I didn't really get that. Like right when they're about to die, he's like, "Yeah, let me try one more time to make peace yeah. with this guy who literally just threw someone into a pit of needles and then tried to beat the shit out of them." <laughs> After she failed to get the key in fast enough time for his liking. I would have given Seventh Heaven maybe a little bit more to do. Yeah, I mean, as we said, like, as we tried to criticize her, we realized that she did do, like, something. I would eliminate her character. Uh, I probably would eliminate her. And just give Pinkshirt uh, all the lines? Pinkshirt would same yeah, the same thing she did Pinkshirt could have done. You didn't need them both. That way you had more time to give, to go into the backstory of one of them. And I probably would have, I probably would have eliminated Pinkshirt and picked Seventh Heaven. Because you already had, like, the, the wise old uh, black man that saw the error of his ways and I just wants peace. Yeah, the, the crazy mm-hmm. drug dealer dude. And I have mm-hmm. a feeling Seventh Heaven was probably, like, I don't know, shoplifting or something like, or a drug charge that wasn't as bad as it really was. She seems like she comes from a different level than everybody else. So like, uh, even mm-hmm. you know, like upper the upper crust also gets got screwed over and sent to jail by the studio. So you know, just to to not have the yeah. prostitute, the drug dealer, and the, and the black man, the angry black man. You know, right, we don't need all three tropes. We could get rid of one. Yeah, and like, but then I would be like, this cast is very male heavy. It already is very male heavy like yeah. when well, I you would... already have Amanda Amanda would have to be there Seventh Heaven keep her Daniel has to be there and then you have you and you need Frankie G to be the lunatic so you can eliminate you can eliminate showgirls too because really he doesn't do much no it's just the peacemaker and he picks up the key that but that could be anyone else and it could be yeah yeah he's and in the... there to be like we need to follow these rules and see what's in common but you can have Amanda do that yeah Exactly. And yeah, I guess he, he pieces together things, but like anyone could have done that. It didn't have to be him. Unless you just wanted to have like the foil to um to Frankie G. That's basically all his his part is really to be the, the anti Frankie G. Like mm-hmm. all right, this guy's at eleven, this guy's at negative eleven. Like that's basically where that's where they're at. They're polar opposites. But we could have definitely eliminated oh, one of the characters, especially because there aren't a lot of interesting deaths. Like yeah, because the one with the guy that got shot in the face, mm-hmm. like as I said at the time, what was he looking at? It would have made a little bit more sense. He was just happened to be standing across the room. Same thing happened. He dies the exact same way. Yeah, but he was just across the room. Exactly. That I had that thought too. It would have. I didn't really need him to be looking through at the time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he gets shot. He can even get shot in the same place. Get shot in the face. Just it happens to be he happened to be standing in the wrong place because Frankie G decided not to listen. Mm-hmm. Fine, you get stakes at that point. Follow you need to follow the rules. But at that point, after seeing that, you would think that would be a hint for you to all right. I need to get out of here. I hate these people and I'm an asshole, but I still, for me to get out of here, I need to at least follow these rules, or I, or I'm gonna be shot in the face too because look at just what happened when I didn't follow the rules. It just happened to not be me. Little little tweaks. I think little tweaks would have bumped it up for me to at least a seven. Just little tweaks because even keeping the traps the same, Obi died the same way. I like the twist at the end about it being pre-recorded and the whole Jigsaw everything as everything Jigsaw says has like triple meaning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jigsaw, House of Horror, Little Shop of Horrors part, I like. Mm-hmm. I even like that the fact that all the cops are gun-ho to beat him up. Like, you know what? Hey, it's police brutality time. <laughs> Maybe after 2020, I'm just feeling extra sensitive. Like, I'm just like, why are all these cops just so down to brutalize? This is not okay. <laughs> like, because it, 
in their point of view, this, this is a serial killer. One of uh, our guys, his sons, is trapped. We need to do whatever we got to do to get him out. Like, I get it. They should have maybe verbalized it. Even, like, you know, they do kind of verbalize it. Like, Listen, we got to do this now because his son is stuck somewhere on these tapes, going to be killed, like, in 20 minutes. We need to figure it out now, not just waste our time talking, you know. These are all men of action. They need to do things, not just sit there and talk. You know? I guess it doesn't so, really go with hand in hand with my love of horror movies. But my my thing that I always say is violence is never the answer, friends. It is in a horror movie. It like, is in a action, horror movie, though. Isn't that much in a horror movie? You know, it's just like, hey, because he's the bad guy doing all the violence. Then at the end, the violence gets done to him, depending mm-hmm. always on the movie. But, still, but that, that'd be my couple. I think it's just a couple. This one, just a couple tweaks. It's not a total teardown, I think. It's just like a couple little character beats. Maybe two more revisions on this might have might have got it. Maybe it only had Lee went off for the afternoon, so there's only so many quips to write. And then it was like, you know what? I'm not yeah, gonna... that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you this one idea that like you need to go back to the bathroom because I want to be partially in this film too. Um, yeah, that's that's part of my contract of me coming back to write a couple of quips for mm-hmm. you. And uh, yeah, you have me for the afternoon. <laughs> And I'm gone, so I'm gonna go write Insidious now. So bye. Right, and then I'm gonna write myself a cameo in that one too. <laughs> yeah, no, they might have been doing Dead Silence at this point. Actually, I forgot he was Dead Silence. That damn, yeah. it's not a franchise, but we, I, I'd love it to see that. Not, it, it is a one-off because at that point, I was like, oh, Lee Wano, I know his style. His style is crazy twist at the end. Yeah, that you don't see coming. Dead Silence, boy, is that a poof. That is a crazy ass twist, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, the uh, villain of the movie is named Mary Shaw, which was uh, my my nephew's grandmother's name. That is interesting. Yeah. Was she evil? Yeah. Uh, not that I know of. All right. Did, did she? Was she a ventriloquist? Not again. Not what I know of. But I think okay. she did All like right. dolls. So. Mm. Oh, so hey, she's halfway there. That's almost. She's getting there. So. Um, so as of right now, we seem to be trending. You know, it's high. it's still high. It's still so far. It's still overall positive. I would, I would like to say, it's still, you know, even in my book, so far with two movies in. Yeah, I jumped far in this one just because there were a lot of things that frustrated me, mainly about not building characters. I get very frustrated <laughs> often when characters are not built up. There's. I also get frustrated when there's not good dialogue. But at least Jigsaw provided some good dialogue in this. So. Yes, and I think you might lose the quips after the third one. I think Lee Wano, the last one he had a hand in writing or parts of writing, in, I think is the next one. After that, it's he's gone. I think he's gone after the third one. I believe. I will have to mourn all of the sassy comments. Yeah, the sassy comments might be gone at that point. And I and this one I remember not liking the one about the gung ho cop that's in this the head of the SWAT team. I remember me not liking that one at the time. Okay. But it's been a while, and we'll see. We'll see how I feel about it now. But um, it's been fun. We are next time is going to be Wild Guest Saw Three. <laughs> Hope you join us for that one. Hope you like what we've been talking about now. As always, we are more than happy to inter- interact and engage. Reach out to us on the medias. Yeah, you can find us Series of Horrors Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you can email us. Series of Horror at gmail.com. Whatever movies Find My Son is from, believe please. Uh, I tried to Google it like right at the end there, <laughs> and uh, no, I can't. I can't figure it out. So no, it, I know. Like, I know. Like twenty minutes after we stop recording, I'm like, it was this movie. But you know, I might add it in the show notes, maybe if I remember. If you remember what movie it is, please tell us. <laughs> it's been a blast. Yeah. Thanks Have for joining night, us. Everybody. Yes, thanks for joining. And next time, 
see how these series continue. The series of horror now saw three coming at you next time. See ya. <laughs>